it was my faith that I believed it. When everyone was doubting me and saying that clemency is over, that's it. It's not going to be anymore. And I look into these times now, like I'm here and I'm out here and the positive things that I'm doing with the change that God gave me in my life. I have been working with communities. I have been working with children who was in my situations, who was going down road paths. I have showed them right ways to turn. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Dubinois. Have you ever wondered what it truly means to embrace a second chance? How does one rise from the shadows of their past to illuminate the path towards a brighter future? What drives someone to defy the odds, rewrite the narrative, and to build a new legacy of hope and possibility? To help us answer these questions today is our guest, the owner of 111 Leather Goods, and that would be Miracle McGlown. Miracle, how are you? I'm doing fine, Cliff. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for asking. For our audience, why don't you tell us, what is 111 Leather Goods? 111 Leather Goods is a handmade leather product made by me. 111 is actually what I like to break in Trinity form, meaning one love one power and one God, just giving God homage into my brand. 111 is actually angelical numbers, just meaning leaving your past behind and stepping into a better future of manifestation and positive energy. And it's something that I would like to put into the brand that I do. It's actually handmade right here in Flint, Michigan. Uh, I like all of my products to be one of 11 of its kind, just making it unique, giving different designs to 111. And I would like to call it future fashion before it happens. You know, that's how I explain <laughs> it. It's, it's, where, it's where quality is priority here. So that's 111. It's the brand. And it actually happens to be my birthday, but that's another story. So, Well, I know it's a little late, but happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back in time. So why don't you talk to us about how did your story start? Where did you start? How did this all happen? This all happened, to be honest, as me being incarcerated. I was incarcerated in 2007, 2008, doing 20 years, actually, for different uh, reasons, drug conspiracies. During my incarceration, just wanted to um, find some way of just changing my life. And during about two years into my incarceration, I was able to get into a leather crafting class where uh, they actually taught you the basic of making belts and basic handbags. And I developed a niche for it. It just became just a great passion. It was like my therapy, you know, it was just very therapeutic for me while I was in prison. So it was just my therapy, a piece of getting away from everything and I developed a passion for it where I just started doing different things my way. Once I learned to craft, start making things unique. Um, I was known for two-tone in my bags. I like to mismatch colors with the leather. And um, it was just something that just grew into me that I just fell in love with. And from that moment on, I started making different bags for family and friends, you know, and shipping bags home and just got better and better. So spent 14 years now that I've been doing this, and um, it's been a great thing. I was going through it. I was fortunate enough to be able to get clemency without that 20-year sentence 
and was able to come home after 10 years uh, through President Obama clemency program that he granted for me. And I came home to pursue the dream and the passion that I always had of just making a business out of it, of actually having my shop and doing things my way of making a business. During pandemic was like, unfortunately, for the world and everything, but it was a great eye-opener for me of opening up a business for it. And during the time of just being at home during that time, I probably made anywhere from 40 to 50 bags during those nice. that year of uh, the pandemic and just took on to business, man. Stepped out on faith, you know, gave it to God, went to work. And here I am now, you know, bringing a vision of life of what I really wanted to do. And it's just a great passion of mine, man. And I'm happy to be doing something that I really fell in love with most of all. So you mentioned before about how you were sent to prison and it was for 20 years. What was going through your mind at that time? Oh, well, what was going through my mind was everything, you know, just life period. I'm 25, 26 years old being sentenced. At that time? At that time, being sentenced, I was 25 actually, being sentenced to 20 years. So first of all, I'm looking at life. Like, I mean, I've only been living 25 years and I'm sentenced in prison for 20 years. Um, you know, reality hit me that these were the bad choices that I made that led to this way. And the first thing I just started figuring out, how am I gonna figure this out? I'm gonna make this through to be just sane and not go crazy with this amount of time, man. I really just in tune to myself, got real close to God, being honest with myself, not being in denial of different things that I need to change in my life. I'm looking at, I had three children at the time. Oh. So, you know, I had just had my youngest son and he was maybe a year old. And I'm looking at things like that. Like, how can I change my life and for the better for them? I wanted to figure out something to really be living for, to look for, for my kids could see the positive image that came from the bad choices that I made. So I went to different classes during the prison time. And I was doing everything that I needed to, you know, change my ways. And when I got into the leather class, that's why I say it was very therapeutic for me because I found something in the mix of my change, in the mix of me asking God, because I had never even really been that faith-based, to be honest, at that time. And I got real with God and I just asked God to give me something that I really could just know that this is it. You could change for the better. And I think it was kind of like the leather class. I remember the first year was just a hard year when I'm looking at this amount of time. And then I found something that second year where I just kept staring in the glass window at this leather class and it was like it was calling me. And finally I went in there to ask him like, how can I like get into this type of class? and it was a hard class to get into. They didn't take you serious. You had to have, you had to be fortunate enough to have that type of money on your commissary to be able to purchase your own leather because you had to buy your oh, own wow. leather. Oh, wow. Okay. They put me on a list. And at that time, I was working up in prison, just saving money to be put up on the class. And finally, they called me to get in the class. And I took it seriously from the jump. It was kind of like my faith based met reality for me. It was like, okay, God sent it for me. 
I'm loving this right here. I remember making my first belt. You know, I went crazy about it. <laughs> then I went, uh, <laughs> my first handbag I sent to my mom and my first backpacks that I started making for my children. And I had made my, my daughter a bag where I embossed her name on it. And her name was Leilani. And I remember, like, it was so many people who had daughters named Leilani in prison. It was just so many offers to, like, they wanted to buy that bag. And I sent it to my daughter. And it was just like, she, I remember talking to her and she was like, I wore my backpack to school. And the teacher actually asked me, like, where did you get that backpack from? And she was like, my dad made it. And it was like when she told me that and she was so happy. It was so like emotional for me. It was just so much motivation for me. My son asking me for different things, exactly how he wanted his bag. And I make a bag backpack exactly for him. And you know, at this time they had got older. Like I said, when I left, they were children. At that time, I just saw things that just motivated me. And before the business, it's like I fell in love with it just for the passion of their Yes. So that's why I say it feels good to be actually doing something that I really love. And I love the whole point of making custom things, coming and doing designs people haven't seen before. But during those times up in prison, that was just the first thing that came to my mind was getting it right and be honest with yourself. People make bad choices. I didn't want to be one of those people that get mad at myself to come out and be doing the same thing that I'm doing. I I was one of those people who you know, I just got honest with myself. <laughs> Instead of being mad at myself, I probably could say I was disappointed at myself right. with some of the choices that I had made. But I wasn't getting mad at myself. I was more encouraging myself that you could do better and you know you can do better. Being in prison, just by listening to you talk, it must have been heartbreaking to be separated from your kids but it sounds like being in this leather craft shop gave you a way to really be able to connect with your kids. It was, and it was a relationship that that brought on my brought on to my kids. I took fatherhood classes in prison to gain relationship with my kids because that type of relationship had flown away from me being there physically. But I made it my thing to stay in contact, to stay on the phone with them. To always ask them how their day were, to all of them ask them what they're interested in. And then, like you say, here comes the leather class, something that we can relate to, that we can actually sit and talk to, and you know, and bring different things that we we both would think, you know what I'm saying, would be just some vision that we wish and imagination that we wish could happen, but we're bringing it to life where we're sitting there talking about bags and how you want this bag. And dad sit there and make the bag. And then we're both talking about it actually when you get the bag. And it's just like how you wanted it. And it just gave a, a relationship. And it also gave, like, belief to my children. Like, being a person in prison, sometimes your children can, you know, lose belief in the things that you can do and the positivity that you can change. And it just it shows that type of belief and that type of faith to my kids that, okay, and they're doing the right thing. You know, it's just hope for one day dad will be home, hopefully sooner than these 20 years. But it definitely started a relationship that was great. And it gave them, I would imagine it gave them a sense of pride. Yeah, sense of pride, sense of hope. And even even through those things, even though I was like granted clemency, 
I wasn't just granted clemency for nothing. I was granted clemency for the things that I was doing in prison. Like I said, I was doing programs. I was changing my life up in prison. I was getting into active, positive things. I showed a record of change. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, here, we're going to give them clemency. It was just like, okay, here's someone who deserves a second chance. And I'm grateful to be home and really showing what you can do with a second chance in a positive way. That's my main thing. I'm so grateful of turning, like I could say, a negative to a positive. Right. You know, so. Definitely. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the miracle that Miracle received uh, to get him out of prison and uh, what he's doing today to really beautify the world. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Dubinois. Today, we are talking to Miracle McGlown and his absolutely amazing story of transformation. And Miracle, before the break, uh, we were talking about we were talking about life in prison, and this actually opened the door for you to start learning the craft of making leather goods. The next part of your story that I would like to go on is the clemency portion. What made you think that you would even get clemency? What are all the steps that you had to go through before you finally were granted clemency? Did I believe that I would even get clemency? Yes. Awesome. My belief was so high. My faith was so high because I turned that situation over to God, to be honest. You know, I remember when clemency had came, I got clemency three days before President Obama was out of office. I was a part of the last batch of clemency that he gave on his wife's birthday. Michelle's birthday was January 17th. And he was out of office January 20th. I had so much faith in God. I knew I was ready for my second chance. And I told my daughter, I said, I gave it to God. I said, if anybody had, I can, it could be the fourth quarter, last second on the clock. I'm giving it to God, and it's in his hands. And I feel like I'm ready, but if I'm not, then God knows I'm not ready. Maybe I think I'm ready. And I accepted that, and I know God knew that I was honest about it. I was denied for clemency twice, but on the third time, I, somehow, like the last batch of people, my name came up. I remember seeing it on CNN where it was 300 and some people had got clemency. And I left out the TV room and I went into my room and I just dropped to my knees and I prayed 
because I, I just I said, God, well, I guess I'm not ready, but I just ask that you build me to be ready. Whenever my time is to come to get up out of here, they called me to the warden office. The warden just called me in, sat me down, and he asked me if the president was to grant you clemency, would you accept it? And my answer definitely was yes, but it might have came like two minutes behind after I was like all bought up in tears just coming down because it was just such a relief. And all I could think about was my children and getting home. It was like it really happened. And it was more of the confirmation for me from God that he he heard me. He knew I was ready. It was my faith that I believed it. When everyone was doubting me and saying that clemency is over, that's it. It's not going to be anymore. And I look into these times now, like I'm here and I'm out here and the positive things that I'm doing with the change that God gave me in my life. I would still be in prison with, to this day right now with years to go. And I have been out here doing positive things. I have been working with communities. I have been working with children who was in my situations, who was, you know, going down road paths. I have showed them right ways to turn. I have um, done so many things, like far as with, without, with therapists, like I told them I would do. Like I knew I would change a kid life that looked at up to me for all the bad choices. That same kid was gonna get a chance to look up for me for the good choices being made and the positive things that I'm doing. And I'm doing that. And it's that of the clemency. It's that of God. It's that feeling that even when I thought I didn't get clemency, I still felt good. I still felt good about it. I still was in good energy. I felt like God had control of it. But at the same time, it was more just a confirmation for me that God had his hands on me all the time, long as I was committed and doing the right thing. So I just thank God, man. You know, I'm getting emotional, but I thank God for that. You know, that moment, that time was just really the biggest confirmation that God could have gave me. And that's why I tell you to this day, God is the greatest. Like I speak to you. He's good, but he's better than good. God is the greatest, and he's Tony the Tiger. Great. <laughs> I put that. I put that. Yes. But, yeah, coming from there, coming home from clemency, having my plan to get right, being able to have a job of a nine-to-five to get into the city where I'm working, street maintenance. And those days were getting to be hectic of, wanting to start this business. Um, now, this was right around when COVID. This was right when COVID had hit. And I was at home and just wanted to do something that I loved. It was just like I was loving that I had a job, but I was missing my leather. I was missing doing my leather. I, that was like part of like reading for me. You know, it was just peaceful for me. It was my, my time of therapeutic. So I started back and I reached out during the pandemic. As we just sitting home, everything was pretty much locked down. I said, hey, I'm gonna give me some tools. I'm gonna give me some leather. I remember talking to my lady and I was talking to my mother and, uh, and my mother had been asking me to do bags anyway. 
Right. She, she's been was on me. So I went <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was on me to do bad. She wanted her another purse anyway. She was like, Why don't you do some purses? Like, cause I would like this purse, but I got tools, man. I got I ordered leather. I wasn't able to get the right tools that I really needed, but I was able to get the basic tools that I could use. You so know, at least just get started. Yeah, I could get started with this. So I reached out to, to be honest, I was looking for a leather company. And I reached out to the same people who I was getting leather from in prison down in Springfield. And they actually beat the prices of the other companies that people were asking me to go. Nice. And then what was the main thing, um, I talked to a lady who actually remembered me from ordering leather in prison. She was congratulating me for being home, and she gave me the same discounts that they were giving me from in prison. So Love that. You know, just, just like God was just lining things up for me in my life. And um, I started out, I put my faith in God and just went to work. And I brought my vision and dreams to reality. And I started working. I started Made that bag for my mom. Yeah. I made that bag for my lady. I made that bag for the kids. I started making more bags for family who was asking, and they were telling friends, and I started developing, you know, customers who were looking for to support in me. I reached out to a person down at Common Bookstore, Egypt Otis, and I was up there, and I was doing a bag in front of them, and I showed them a bag, and they're like, oh, you really does these bags, hand-making them? like. So like, oh, I didn't know that you were like making them. And she got excited about it. She was like, hey, I have an idea for you. You need to, it's people that will help you out. Cause I was telling her like, I really could do even better than these with better tools and right. better space. I said, this is just something I'm doing at home. So she reached out to some people. I end up, she turned me to hundred K ideas here. And it was a pitch 4K that was coming up. It's called Pitch 4K, where you pitch your idea. It was a chance to win $5,000. She said she thought it would be great for me. I entered it, and I actually won. You know, I won first place, was able to get $5,000 supported to my funds of my business, was able to get more tools. Um, there from 100K Ideas, I hooked on to a guy named Tyler Bailey, who actually hooked me on to a, a navigating program. The Navigate program actually gave purchase different donations into my funding of me having a class down at Factory 2. So I was going down at Factory 2. I was able to use real machines and tools that I really needed and mm -hmm. sped up the process. They gave me space there for my leather table. And I went to work down there, kind of sped up the process. I was able to get over over from there to get funded through a grant where I actually gave me uh, money to go towards my business for tools. It was a Michigan Moving Forward grant. And from there, things really started to pop off where I could actually get my machines that I really needed, the tools that I really needed. So it was just those type of people in support in the city here that supported me so much here in Flint through the things that I've been doing and it's been going great. I've been able to get my business up and going, get a little help from different um, people who I'm learning to teach. I'm looking forward to actually teaching a class, just not being a gatekeeper to it, teaching the take what you make class where you learn how to make basic belts and wallets and for the women, a basic handbag class, just teach one, each one teach one. 
maybe find some help who's got a passion for it like me. I was able to get into here at 100K Ideas with Shops on Saginaw. Right. To display my storefront right here on downtown Flint, Michigan, 601 South Saginaw Street. And also with who I first started from uh, at Comma Bookstore with Egypt Otis, was able to put bags over there for retail at Comma Bookstore right here at Buckingham Alley and 2nd Street. The things are just going in. I opened up a website that was funded through the grant that I used for Michigan, moving Michigan forward. And it was great. Yeah. was able to open up a website. So now just going and growing into the business, you know, of different things, of getting my name, trademarks and things of people supporting those type of things. And this is all started from, like I said, just a dream and a vision of mine. And I really stuck on my saying when I say no one really believes in your dream and your vision until your dream and vision becomes reality. So I really I push everyone who has a dream or a vision to do something, to go out on faith, give it to God, go to work, believe in it, believe in yourself. But it confirms how much I believe in myself. Yes. You know? So, and just believe that God has me on to the right path of doing the right thing. Now I have... The store here at Sops on Saginaw, which is 601 South Saginaw Street, downtown Flint, Michigan. I'm also at retail at Comma Bookstore on 2nd and Buckingham Alley right there. And I am also have the website, which is 111leather.com. I was just going to ask you what the name of your website yes, is. Yes, the number, the number one, spell out 11, E-L-E-V-E-N, leather, L-E-A-T-H-E. ER.com. So that's the number one, E-L-E-V-E-N-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. And also type up 111 Leather Goods. It'll pop right up. Also, very much looking forward to the business growing. I love the fact that I come with different designs. All my bags is mostly just things you just never seen before. I like to put my bags one of 11 of its kind. I really don't want to do more than 11 of the same bag. So I just want to keep them unique and keep it custom. That's my way of just branding out the whole one. Sure. Thing. Miracle, it's been awesome having you on the show today and sharing your story. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. For our audience, you can get the link that Miracle was talking about in the show notes down below. We will see you next time when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.